Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the All Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, your, co- your co-host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host. Arif Bacchus. Yeah, if you notice my voice is a little harsh, it's because I actually caught a cold this weekend. Nothing too major. So uh, bear with us for the next, I don't know, half hour or so. I really appreciate it. And we have a lot of Windows 11 news to get through this week. Uh, that, and also some Xbox news and Surface news as well. And it's a big episode this week. And there's a lot of stuff that we want to get to. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, let's kind of give you the breakdown, a rundown, see if you want to stay with us for the whole half hour. Uh, first topic of uh, today is going to be Android apps coming to Windows 11. So uh, that's pretty big. Uh, that's something we've been waiting for since uh, we've been starting testing this since June. So we're going to go over that, uh, the process and how to do it, uh, what it's like, uh, and some of your initial impressions because you're the one trying it out. Uh, we you want to cover our next topic. Yeah, we'll also get into Windows 10 because you can't forget about Windows 10, even though Windows 11 is around. Uh, Microsoft finalized the Windows 10 November 2021 update, and we'll get into that for our second topic. And our yeah. third topic is something that's close to you because I know you've been talking with Shane and everyone who has uh, the hardware in their hand. Yeah, uh, it's Surface Duo 2 talk. So uh, we are going to talk about the launch. We're going to talk about uh, the general consensus on you know a lot of early reviews. We're going to talk about some of the stuff Shane's actually brought up in his early uh, hands-on, things like that. So we're going to give you a full early coverage of the Surface Duo. And then uh, we're back with our usual fast recap this week. I know it's been a while, but we're back with fast recap this week. And we still have to push Apple's news in there some way, somehow. And we're starting with the uh, Apple M1 Pro and M1 Max MacBooks. And we'll also cover a new Outlook extension, uh, some news about AMD Ryzen processors and Windows 11, and some big drama about OneDrive possibly hosting malware for almost a decade now. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote about that. We'll cover that. Uh, and then we'll go into the week ahead, uh, which is you know one of our... Uh, proprietary sections of where you only find it here. Uh, we're going to talk about Among Us is uh, coming to Xbox consoles and Xbox Game Pass on December 14th. Uh, we're going to talk about OneDrive as well, uh, and it's coming with the new filters, uh, new photo filters app uh, for the web uh, web app, I believe. And we'll be talking about Microsoft celebrating the 20th anniversary of Xbox with some special broadcast stuff uh, in November. So, uh, and the best section, best part of it, we save the best for last. We have our Surface Laptop Studio review coming up. I have one, and I know you have some good news because you got one too as well. Yeah, uh, I should be getting one next week. So we'll be covering the Surface uh, Laptop Studio from a bunch of different angles. So we'll we'll get you guys covered on that for those of you interested. uh, I will also hopefully be getting a Surface Pro 8. So if you guys have questions about either, if if there's any type of comparisons that you would like us to make uh, for either device, please let us know in the comments or on via Twitter or whatever. So you guys can help us shape these reviews. It'd be much appreciated. But now let's get into the news that everyone is probably here for, which is Android apps finally coming to Windows 11. This was launched. Uh, this was not launched with Windows 11 itself. Uh, Microsoft is delivering it uh, to beta channel, Windows insiders only. And uh, to get it is a pretty simple process. Uh, we'll run through it here in a bit when I uh, share my screen with you and show you guys uh, the experience with the apps. But 
It's a pretty uh, impressive feature to say the least. A lot of people have been messing around with it and the experience is pretty limited, quote unquote, officially, because right now there are only about 50 or so apps that you could test out. But being open source and being Android, people have found when there's a will, there's a way and people have found a way to load up unofficial apps on Android apps on Windows 11. And it's becoming a huge deal. And uh, this is something that I wrote about for my other publication. It adds a lot of value to Surface devices and it makes Surface devices more fun to use by introducing the whole Android aspect side of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a lot of caveats to using this and having yeah. it set up the way that you guys are doing it. Uh, you're going to need to be a little bit uh, savvy about operating systems and uh, subsystems and Android itself and things like that and uh, where the line is drawn between Amazon's uh, Play Store and the uh, Google Play Store and what apps can and can't uh, be used on the operating systems. So all, with all of that being said, uh, hopefully down the line, Microsoft makes it a little easier uh, for your average Mahan Pa or you know, cousins or relatives that have an Android device, just want to load up uh, some basic apps or basic games that they've been playing for, you know, uh, months on end, and they want to bring it over to their tablet or the Surface uh, uh, Pro. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we're working on it. Microsoft's working on it. Uh, we'll we'll hopefully have some good news as this kind of becomes a full fledged thing in the near future. And we'll hop into a quick demo here. Um, this is being done in real time as we're recording. And to do this, I would need to share my screen. So hopefully this actually ends up working here. And you guys would see my, my screen here. And yep, it looks like this is recording. But anyway, here's my screen. And this is how you would jump into Android apps on Windows 11 in the beta channel. First of all, you would need to uh, head to the Microsoft Store here. Uh, make sure you have the latest version. You could go to library and get updates to check for the updates. And if there's a Microsoft Store update, just hit the update button on it. And then you search for Amazon App Store. Uh, you see it's the top hit here. And then you would click the install button. And it would install in the background. Uh, you agree to a couple of prompts and it would check your system. And then you would uh, it installs the Amazon App Store for you. And once that's done, uh, it it installs the Windows subsystem for Android in the background. So there's nothing you extra that you need to do. It's all automatic. So once that's done, you should see a new entry in your start menu for Amazon App Store. And once you click it, it will get up and it will get up and running. And this is your your window to the world of Amazon of uh, Android apps on Windows 11. Now, as I said uh, to start the show, there are only about 50 or so apps that you could try out right now in the uh, Amazon App Store uh, for Android apps in Windows 11. And these are mainly games as well as some uh, utilities like the Kindle app. And you could search for apps up here. Uh, you don't you don't go to the Windows Store to search for um, for Android apps. You have to come to the Amazon App Store itself. Then you would find a listing, and then you would click Install. And once the app is installed, it goes to the Start menu itself, uh, uh, just like a regular native Windows app would. And you would go search for it here. So I just want to show you that I have the Kindle app. So find Kindle. And you see, these Android apps are really quick to launch. This is one of a book that I was reading here. 
and there you could window them, you could move them around, you could put them to the left or to the right of the screen. You could size them just like you would size regular Windows apps. And as I showed you, they integrate with your start menu. You could drag them around. Uh, here, if I open the book, I'm using my Surface Pro 8. The touch screen works pretty fluently. So, and it's a very smooth experience, but you're not limited to just one app at a time. So here's Kindle open up. I'll also go here and open up the another app, which is the Subway Surfers app. We have, if I find it here, Subway Surf. You could see that Subway Surf is loading and I have the Kindle app loading here in the background too. So you could multitask and you could use different Android apps at the same time. You're not, you're not limited to using just one app at a time. But I mentioned earlier about unofficial Android apps. Well, what you could do is you could use the, uh, the side loading. And by side loading, I mean there's something called the Android Platform Tools, and it's called the ADB. You could download this uh, from Google and save it to your desktop and then run a command line prompt and side load Android apps. And to do that, you would need the file for the Aurora App Store. And once you sideload the Aurora App Store, you could install pretty much any Android app out there. So here's the Aurora Store itself. This is basically a store, another way, another storefront for Android apps. And this lets you install all of those unauthorized apps that you don't find in the Amazon App Store itself. So you see there's WhatsApp, there's Instagram, there's Google, there's Netflix, there's Facebook. There's Facebook Lite, there's Google Photos, and I'll just show you that I was playing around with things and I installed a whole bunch of apps. Here's Firefox. So you see Firefox here. And then I also have the uh, Sketchbook app here and uh, also the Teams app here, so I could open Teams. You could open, open Teams while you're running Teams. Isn't that funny? <laughs> your teams and your Teams. Exactly. And there's also Outlook. You could open Outlook and use Outlook on Windows and set up an account. So there's a whole variety of apps that you could install through the Aurora store. But again, mind you, this is not officially sanctioned by Microsoft and it's not something that we recommend doing, but it opens the door to a whole different type of app and whole different type of ecosystem, just like it is on Chrome OS, where you could just head to the Google Play Store and download any Android app you want. We're heading that way towards that now on Windows 11. So that, that's been pretty much a quick look at the Android apps in Windows 11. And I don't know if you have anything you want to ask me, but that was just my quick tour right there. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have anything to ask you. It just it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's when it's interesting that when Microsoft uh, made the announcement, everyone got super hyped, and now that it's out and it's about, and you know, people are still pretty hyped. Uh, I was kind of, you know, still pessimistic on it because I felt like, you know, you have a billion different apps on the Windows operating system already. Uh, I feel like uh, what we need to do instead of trying to jump through all these hoops to get Amazon to cooperate with third-party markets and. Google, things like that. We just need to push developers for PWAs because uh, there are a lot of apps that you were kind of talking about, which are like Facebook and Netflix and WhatsApp and stuff like that, that are already pretty good apps on the Windows Store already. Right. So uh, I don't know if there's any exclusive Amazon apps that people are looking for. Maybe 
uh, people are waiting for Google Maps to show up uh, for their devices. But they're even um, YouTube. I've already installed YouTube as an app from uh, you know the PWA on my uh, desktop on my taskbar. So I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be jumping uh, into the Amazon App Store uh, like you are, like you did, or a lot of other people anytime soon. But I'm glad it's a functionality people can use. It's, yeah, it's a nice bonus to have in Windows. Like like you're yeah. saying, if you're not happy with the apps that you get with uh, Windows itself, it's a nice little second option here to give yourself more uh, access to apps from another platform. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I said, there are a handful of games. I believe there's like Marvel Strike Force I would love to be able to play on my uh, desktop because uh, I spend a lot of time on that instead of on my phone. But aside from that, um, you know, most of the things I do are cross-platform already now. And that's just a great sign of app development and where it's going so far. So hopefully these stores, I think it's the same thing for Chrome OS, like when they kind of shoehorned Android into that. Like I don't really need the Android version of these apps. I can just use the Chrome browser and uh, the web apps to, to get, you know, resizing and get the same functionality. So again, hopefully we will need app stores or the gatekeeping of app stores in the future. And one thing I want to point out is that the uh, performance of this is yes. very, very, very strong. Um, I have it on a Surface Pro 8, which has 16 gigabytes of RAM, but the minimum required specs are 8 gigabytes. And even on systems that have 8 gigabytes of RAM, it should be pretty smooth because I, in my testing, it takes up around 2 gigabytes of memory and it's running in the background and everything is virtualized because it works as a virtual machine would. And it's pretty smooth. And I didn't, like I was just showing there, you don't experience any slowdowns or any freezing. It all feels like it's so native. Whatever Microsoft did in the background, it's super smooth and it's super fluid. Yeah, hopefully that carries over to the Surface Pro X uh, and, and any of that other uh, ARM development as well. And that said, uh, that is our segment there on the Windows 11 Android apps. And we'll move on now to talk about Windows 10 and the November 2021 update. Yeah, Microsoft's getting ready to roll out Windows uh, 10 version 21H2, uh, which is, again, you just said, known as the November 2021 update. Uh, I believe they're going to obviously be rolling it out next month. Uh, should be available for everybody uh, now, right? I believe it's now. Microsoft also released yep. the ISO for the 21H2 build, uh, which is 19044.1288 uh, today. So uh, for those of you looking to do a clean install, uh, you can go grab those uh, from the uh, official sources. Uh, if you have a PC on the release preview ring that didn't receive the 21H2 builds before, Windows 10 uh, version H21H2, uh, should now be available as an optional update as well. So uh, just kind of go into your settings menu, your update settings, and kind of hit the refresh button. It's rolling out, so if you don't have it immediately, check back in a few hours later on today. Um, what you could also do, um, I believe Microsoft said in their release notes, that we will continue to improve the overall experience of the November 2021 update on customers' PCs through our usual servicing uh, cadence. The Windows uh, Insider team, uh, oh, that's what they were saying. So. Um, some of the breakdowns or at least some of the things that you can look forward to like see if, hey, this is brand new or this is different uh, is that uh, in this version, you'll be getting the WPA3 H2E standard support for enhanced Wi-Fi security. Uh, so again, these are, we've already established that Windows 10 is gonna be the enterprise release of features uh, versus Windows 11. Windows 11 still gets security stuff too, but 
Windows 10 is sticking around for, for enterprise mostly. One of the other features is uh, Windows Hello for Business Support simplified passwordless deployment models for achieving a deploy to run state within a few minutes. And lastly, we get GP, GPU compute support in the Windows subsystem for Linux uh, and Azure IoT Edge for Linux on Windows, uh, which, you know, abbreviated uh, EFLOW, deployments for machine learning and other compute intensive workflows. So like I said, um, for your average consumer, this isn't going to be a whole <laughs> lot of new cool features. You need to jump onto Windows 11 for that. But for businesses, uh, you admin uh, IPs out there, managers, things like that. Uh, you're finally getting some features that you may have been looking for for uh, close to a year now. It's mainly an enterprise-focused update and a cleaning up things and bug patching update. But don't lose hope. There is some chance that some of these Windows 11 features might twinkle down into Windows 10 eventually because they did confirm that the new Microsoft Store will be coming to Windows 10. Now, it's not in this upcoming release, which is the November 2021 update, but they said it will be coming in the future, whatever that means. But for... For now, the November 2021 update is mainly a quality of life improvement with smaller tweaks under the hood and for enterprises. But it is still important because not everyone is getting Windows 11. Remember that. And Windows 10 is supported through 2025. So this is for you people who cannot run Windows 11 on your computer. Well, this is, I mean, this is the best of both worlds. Uh, we, you know, Microsoft has always been criticized for moving too fast for businesses and too slow for consumers. And this is kind of uh, the development I think a lot of people were kind of hoping for. You, There's nothing wrong with Windows 10 for the most part, uh, aside from the, the consistency of UI. Uh, so they've taken that development and broken it apart, gave it to Windows 11, and they've done uh, right by the people who have been using Windows 10 for the last Three to three or four years now, so uh, you guys continue to use it. Uh, some of the design features will come in apps, which aren't tied to the UI or the UI, um, the UI or the OS. So that if you have, uh, you know, business reasons for keeping things locked down, uh, you still can. So I, I give Microsoft kudos for that, and I think they've done a great job so far. And that said, now it's time for our third topic, which is probably the fun one for all you Surface fans, which is the Surface Duo 2. It officially launched on October 20, uh, 21st, and today is October 22nd. And here we are. We're uh, in the midst of it all now, and seems like everyone didn't like it, per se, and that it's pretty much just a copy-paste version of the Surface Duo 1 with some minor tweaks here and there. Yeah, this is, I'm going to start the cl the countdown, the clock. Uh, for <laughs> all of you Windows Phone fans, come back. We this, is, this, is, this feels like Windows Phone time all over again, where, you know, you have your devout fans who are, you know, championing for it, and you have the rest of the tech industry that doesn't quite understand it. And that seems to be the case uh, for this. Uh, now, there are legitimate criticisms. I wrote a, a roundup of, of uh, some of the early reviews about it. And then there are just some people who flat out don't understand what the device is. And again, that's not to uh, their detriment. That's not to, to uh, talk bad about them. It's just Microsoft's done a poor job up until now to kind of explain how dual screens are different from foldable screens. Uh, that, you know, So uh, what we've kind of talked about, uh, at least for the initial roundup, is that the hardware is amazing. They've improved the hardware. They've improved things and, and made it more of a phone by adding 5G, NFC, by uh, giving it... Uh, uh, slight water resistance, not waterproofing. Uh, they've rounded the, the glass. They've 
you know, taken some considerations on adding the a notification panel. They've given it a bigger battery. They've, you know, reduced the bezels. They've added the triple camera array. You know, they've done all the things they needed to do for the hardware sake. They've relied less on the accelerometer to kind of uh, get rid of some of the weird kinks and software bugs as far as opening and flipping and rotating the screen. Unfortunately, it seems that these software issues are still a part of the package. And it's unfortunate. I wrote at the very end of my piece that when it comes to a phone, I think this is when Microsoft is continually getting wrong, uh, spanning back to uh, Windows 6.5 through uh, Windows 10 mobile to now, is that they're developing their operating systems based on how they do uh, desktops, where they can continually update it. People need out of the box a phone that works with no updates. The updates are nice uh, for some people. So updates are super annoying for others. My wife has an iPhone. She hates updating it. She'd rather <laughs> just run. And she can have an iPhone 6 today. And if it runs as it did when she bought it, she's more than happy. So I think what Microsoft needs to do is instead of saying, here's a day one patch or we're going to offer you five years of updates, it's this is the most polished an operating system can be from this day forward. If we give you updates, it'll make it better. But we need to at least knock it out of the park as soon as you open the box. And I think they're relying on, like, you know, probably uh, in a week or so, a big, you know, uh, update. I think they already pushed that one. I think it was 600 megabytes or something like that for a lot of people. So for the reviewers who were playing around with it about five days ago, uh, their reviews or their hands-on initial impressions or whatever are already outdated. Uh, some of the touch responsiveness has already been uh, alleviated and fixed and things like that by this day one thing that came in, I believe, um, Tuesday, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, so... Again, that seems to be the general consensus. Hardware, great. Software still needs a lot of tuning. Now, I believe, I don't know if it was um, over at The Verge or Windows Central, one of the two, we're talking about the percentages. Of, I think it was Windows Central saying that, I think it actually might have been Zach. I apologize for not getting that right. That he was saying that you know the software felt at about 50% on the Duo originally, like it was 50% done. He's saying that now in the Duo 2, it's about 80% done, which still means that 20% is finicky. And that 20%, if it's done over repeatedly, over and over again, can be super annoying. So, you know, doing swipe gestures and lack of animation, things like that, that needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed soon because I feel like the hype for the Duo is going to die down and it's going to be, everyone's going to be left with the taste of this is just like the first one. Um, one thing I'm curious about and that I've been paying special attention to is the way that the camera system works. Uh, I saw that our friend Shane, as well as even Zach and all of the Excuse others, they, they put out uh, camera comparisons between the Surface Duo 2 and the Galaxy Z Fold 2. And to me, it doesn't seem that it's all that bad. Uh, Microsoft really did better with the camera this time around. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. I think the... Uh... Uh, what's his name? The Unlocker as well. He just did he just releases do it today. And he took a bunch of uh, nighttime, daytime photos, uh, ultra wides and everything. And it's right up there with the Z Fold 3. It's right up there with the uh, Pixel 5 for most part. Uh, there is some um, uh, contrast issues with some of the issue, uh, images at night. So we'll see if, again if they can do some software pick, fixes for that. But it seems that they've done an amazing job for catching up. Now, again, they're not going to surpass the iPhone right now. Right. Uh, we don't know what the Pixel is going to have uh, come Monday, or I think is when the reviews come out. But they've at least caught up to the Z Fold uh, 3, which is an amazing feat in you know uh, one iteration. I think the Z Fold 3 took you know, obviously three times three to times. get to the camera. Yeah. So 
kudos to them on that. Uh, I don't know how the video recording is. I've seen a lot of people do uh, video recording on it. They've just seen still photos. So uh, we'll see how that takes. I think, the, again, now is not necessarily the quality of the image because of the way that they, they've redone the camera uh, system and, and the physical uh, nature of the phone. It's more cumbersome for people to take a photo, I think, is now an issue. That seems to be what most people in the reviews are talking about is that because you can't fold it back and just use the one camera um, in you know in an open mode like you used to and hold it one-handed like most people are accustomed to, uh, you have to hold it like a tablet. People are saying that you know uh, the camera quality isn't the problem. It's now just using the camera app. The camera app itself seems to be very snappy. A lot of people are, uh, that's a big thing. I think uh, people in the Duo One were complaining about you know obviously losing shots because it took right yeah you know, two seconds for the camera to open up. And by the time you got it open, took the shot, if your uh, subject was moving, it's gone or it's blurred. So uh, now that it's super snappy, it's just unfortunate that, you know, because having to put the camera up in is now forcing people to open it like a full tablet, uh, that people are having issues with that part of it. So, you know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. And the one thing that really bugs me is the fr fact, I understand that it's now a modern phone. You get 5G, you get Snapdragon 888, you get all that fancy stuff that was missing in the first phone. But they actually raised the price to $1,500. And this is like, this is one hell of an expensive phone. And I wonder if that's the thing that's keeping people from buying it and keeping it from going mainstream. It seems like they made a lot of progression, but they also made a lot of regression at the same time, like you mentioned there with the camera system and having to, to fold in and open it up. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, I think it's just part of the moniker for Surface devices. Right. Uh, I don't, it, unfortunately, the Surface Duo is coming into a market that doesn't need a reference device like the Surface Laptop uh, Studio or the Surface Pro 8 or the Surface Go 3 or whatever. These, you know, these are kind of reference devices to get Dell, HP, Lenovo and stuff, creating these really nice ultra-thin, uh, ultra-portable two-in-ones, things like that. And, and to uh, each of their credits, like I think, you know, in some cases, uh, all of those manufacturers have kind of outclassed Microsoft and they've, you know, not only caught up, but made their products better. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to Android phones, that's unnecessary, at least at this point. I don't think there's going to be a Samsung. Samsung's already made its flippable screen. They're not going to do uh, a dual screen. Uh, LG is barely in the market, that, and their dual screen was just kind of an attachment. Apple's not going to look, you know, give Microsoft credit if they even do two screens. It's like this idea of like we're going to come in super high so that Motorola can come in super low is not. That's not how it works in the, in the phone uh, business. So what they're going to need to do is come in at a reasonable price, kind of like what Pixel did with. Uh, their flagship, you know, I'd say if you need to, you know, sink the R&D cost, come in at a thousand bucks and let you, you know, and maybe get some carrier deals or something like that and let this be your device. And as you, and as you add things to it for each iteration, then you raise the price. I don't think you come in at, you know, $1,500 uh, and then ask people to go on the journey. I think you come in at like 900 bucks and say, Hey, next time when we get the next version, we're going to add, waterproofing and wireless charging it's going to be an extra hundred bucks but you've already jumped in so now and you know how to use the device you've had it for a year you're ready to kind of move on to the next version of this we're going to improve the cameras you're going to uh, add stereo you know make the speakers even better we're going to do all these other things but it's going to cost you more now you've got people hooked 
when you tell people it's $1,500, they're going to say, <laughs> I'm not even going to start with this. So good luck with that, buddy. Uh, and that, uh, that said, uh, we got through all of our main topics. And I will turn our attention to what do you guys think? Uh, we put out a poll out there over on our Twitter, and we asked a series of three questions, this time about Windows 11 and Android apps. And in our first question, we asked you guys, did you already get to try out Android apps in Windows 11? And we had 14 votes, and 64% of people said no, no not yet. <laughs> and uh, 21.4% of people said yes, already did. And 14% of people said uh, planning to do it later. So it seems like not everyone is anxious to try out Android apps in Windows 11. I like you, you mean, uh, I thank you for your hands on, but as you were discussing it, it's a lot of hoops to jump through. If you're already an insider, you're like me on the dev channel, you got to roll back. If you're not an insider, you got to hop on and become, uh, <laughs> yes. you got to get in the right channel. Yeah. You got to know where to go to download it. I mean, it's, we'll wait till it becomes a mainstream thing. And a uh, second question, how do Android apps perform on your Windows 11 machine? We had four votes and everyone said no issues and pretty good. So at least that one is a runaway. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing <laughs> to hear that, uh, you know, you didn't have like, oh, you know, four people answered and all four of them hated it. <laughs> and then our third question, which uh, I mentioned, uh, sideloading Android apps, and this one had 20 votes. Uh, we asked you guys, did you try to sideload Android apps in Windows 11 beyond the 50 apps available in the Amazon App Store? And 55% of people said, yes, I did, and it's cool. 20% of people said, no, I didn't, it's too risky. And 25% <laughs> of people said, no, but I don't know how. Oh, okay. Yeah, like as you said before, it's you got to know what you're doing in order to do it, at least at this moment. Uh, hopefully when this comes out of beta and this gets to all the channels, we'll have an easier thing. Maybe it just becomes a, a button in the regular Microsoft Store that you can click on that will initiate all of this. And all that said, thanks to everyone who voted. And keep yeah, looking out for our polls on Fridays uh, when we put up our teaser for our podcast. We love hearing what you guys think. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna start asking some hardware questions because uh, it's becoming a holiday season. For those of you who have some money in your pockets, we're gonna start asking you what kind of devices would you like to get for yourself or give to someone else. And that's it. Time for our fast recap. And I'm putting ten minutes on the clock because we're talking about Max, and I know we love slamming Max here on the show. <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna put twenty minutes, ten minutes just for the Mac talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'll I'll jump in here and I'll get started because Apple please. unveiled a redesigned MacBook Pros with the M1 Pro and M1 Max chips. Again, this uh, pretty much by the media, everyone said it pretty much slams anything Microsoft put out uh, out there because. These are some super powerful ARM-based chips. Uh, the M1 Pro is a 10-core CPU and up to 16-core GPU, and it delivers up to 70% faster CPU performance and two times faster GPU performance than the M1 chip. And the M1 Max has the same 10-core CPU as well as the M1 Pro, but it has up to a 32-core GPU, which could provide four times faster GPU performance than last year's M1 chip. And these are coming both in 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pros, which essentially have been turned back in time and now have uh, HDMI ports, MagSafe ports, Thunderbolt 4 ports, and a headphone jack. And in terms of the display, they added a uh, iPhone kind of style notch to the top of the MacBooks, and now that's pretty much it. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see how they perform. But uh, yeah, the the industry went nuts over them. Uh, they seem to be really good devices. Uh, I'm sure Lenovo sitting there going, "Hey, we had all, <laughs> we've still had all these ports. Why didn't you guys exactly. give us any praise?" But yeah, I mean, kudos to them, and hope the Apple community really enjoys them. And second topic, the Outlook browser getting this special, uh, the not Outlook browser, the Outlook, the Chrome browser getting a special Outlook extension. Got tongue-tied there a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you can go over to the uh, Chrome uh, Web App Store, I believe, and get this new uh, Outlook extension, which will give you, I don't know what the numbers, I think it might be three to five uh, lines of your uh, Outlook inbox that you, you can do as you're you know working on your uh, in your Chrome uh, browser. So if you need to check emails really quick or triage anything, you can do it from this uh, new Outlook extension. And then our third topic is AMD Ryzen uh, CPUs getting a special patch. This is something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about how a on Windows 11, AMD Ryzen CPUs were sort of pegged a bit and they were experiencing 15% uh, less performance in certain games and apps. Well, when Microsoft released a special optional Windows 11 patch is called KB5006746 and it fixes the L3 catching issue that caused some apps to run slower than usual on PCs with AMD Ryzen processors. So if you're frustrated with your AMD processor and you recently upgraded to Windows 11, look out for that optional patch. Yeah, uh, I feel like this was all done by Intel secretly, but you know that's <laughs> just me putting on my conspiracy hat. Uh, the next thing we have up is a former Microsoft security expert uh, has went to Twitter, taken to Twitter, his name is Kevin Beaumont. And he's talked about uh, how Microsoft uh, OneDrive has been a safe haven for ransomware, uh, specifically the country ransomware, uh, and that it's been you know a place where uh, people have been able to host uh, malware for close to almost a decade. He's uh, I, I wrote about it. You have to go check out my piece about it because there's also a thread on where he talks about uh, not only the existence of it. Uh, but the uh, triaging of problems and the, the lack thereof. He said that, you know, not only is he, you know, shedding light on, on this ransomware being stuck there, but that he's complained about it over and over. And that uh, he, you know, takes, uh, it could take up to months for someone to kind of acknowledge any of this. Uh, and when they do, you know, uh, he's also made a claim that Microsoft profits from this because they can now, uh, you know, kind of serve you. Uh, they they can build APIs based on this ransomware and then serve you defense uh, software or uh, upgrades uh, according to that. So again, uh, he's he's a former senior threat analyst, uh, intelligent analyst uh, from Microsoft. So it isn't just you know third party guy kind of doing this. And he talks about how he worked with Google and how they were able to keep uh, you know uh, some sort of malware out of their cloud system because they would you know report it to them. Uh, but he also acknowledges not only is it just in Microsoft, but most uh, cloud storage systems have these kind of things. And that it, the, all three, I believe, like Amazon, Google, uh, Microsoft, all need to get together in order to put kind of put a, a lock on all of this because, you know, we're sharing information and uh, phishing attacks, things like that, just happen to come along with, you know, uploading and downloading files. So I encourage anybody to kind of go read that piece, uh, especially if you're worried about uh, the security of your uh, data in the cloud. 
And Microsoft did issue us a response to our article. Correct. We just want to put that in here really quickly. They mentioned that abuse of cloud storage is an industry-wide issue, and we're constantly working to reduce the use of Microsoft services to cause harm. We are investigating further improvements to prevent and rapidly respond to the types of abuse listed in this report. We continue to encourage customers to practice good computing habits online, including exercising caution when clicking on links to web pages, opening unknown files, or accepting file transfers. And we also encourage customers to report abuse using a form. So that's Microsoft's response. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, Beaumont does say in his last, uh, in one of his last few parts of the thread, that, quote, uh, we have good news. After years, OneDrive is finally hosting no malware listed on the abuse uh, underscore channel. It's uh, it's Twitter, to a website that kind of monitors uh, malware on different cloud systems. And for the first time in history, Microsoft has fallen off the top 10 list of malware hosters. So, you know, there's there's room that, uh, you know, for improvement and they're making it. And that said, uh, we hit everything in our fast recap in under 10 minutes. So kudos to us. Yeah, we did it. Which means it's time for your favorite segment, which is the week ahead. Yes. Uh, We'd start off with Among Us. Uh, It was super popular during the pandemic or like the height (laughs) of the pandemic. I don't know how many people are still playing it these days. Uh, Me and my friends have moved on to, I think it's uh, Bag for Blood or some other games like that. But for those of you who are still you know, really, you know, knee deep in it. It's coming to Xbox console uh, and Game Pass in, in December. So uh, if you've fallen off, just let your friends know you guys can be starting up over the holiday uh, weeks or weekend or holiday month and start pointing fingers at each other about who's a bad guy. And uh, second, also coming up in the weeks ahead, is Microsoft is working on a new update for OneDrive on the web, and it's supposed to let users quickly stylize or enhance their photos with image filters. And you and I were having an off-mic discussion about if this could uh, possibly help benefit the Surface Duo, or is it inspired by the Surface Duo 2, where you have the dual screens and the ability to change the image while you're taking the image? Well, yeah, my question was, uh, I know that the Duo uses a proprietary uh, photo gallery and uh, 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 filtering uh, and editing software. So I'm wondering if this is, you know, kind of like how uh, Google has, um, what is the name of that? They have some other third-party thing that they use for filtering apps or filtering photos. I wonder if this is sort of Microsoft's all-in-one. So uh, it'll link anything that you do from your Duo onto your OneDrive, and you'll be able to keep all the same photo uh, editing uh, settings and everything like that, too. It'd be pretty cool if it was, if this becomes a PWA as well. And um, uh, officially, Microsoft says that the filters can change the photo's color and light settings, exposure, contrast, highlights, saturation, as well as different styles and mid-tones and highlights and whatnot. So keep out, keep your eyes out. You never know when this could drop because it is hitting the OneDrive web uh, app. Yeah, good to know. Uh, it'll be probably be better than the, the photos that we currently have. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Microsoft is also going to be celebrating its 20th anniversary of Xbox, a special broadcast on November 15th. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that. And you just keep it up here on the website and we'll keep talking about it, teasing about it as the information comes through. And then we got our last section, which is going to be both of our favorites. Yeah, uh, Surface Laptop Studio Review. I had mine for the last two weeks, and 
I've been using it for work as well as uh, photo and video, not photo editing, but video editing and uh, light gaming and such. And I'm putting out kind of a personal review out there or an average Joe review out there about how I'm using my device. And I know that Microsoft was also kind enough to send you one for review and you should be having one next week in your hands. And I'm looking forward to your review because you're handling things from the more technical side, handling benchmarks and all kinds of all of that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, mine's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a little bit technical. And uh, I'm also reviewing a ton of other laptops. So uh, I'll be pitting it against a bunch of other things. I have a, a, a Lenovo ThinkBook P15, which uh, is a Core i9. It's a beast. It's 32. Ooh. Yeah, 32 megabytes of uh, memory. It's a huge storage. And it like it's meant to be running uh, a augmented reality, which is why I have some headsets I need to give that. I'm going to be putting it against that. I'm going to be putting it against, uh, I have a, a yoga book or yoga six. So it's a fabric covering, I think, uh, which has an AMD Ryzen 5000 series in here as well. So, uh, you know, I'm going to see how this uh, device does as far as uh, thermal throttling and fan noise, all that kind of stuff. But I'll let you do the, the cool stuff that people want to hear about. You're definitely going to put like uh, some crazy games on there, right? And make sure that this thing uh, gets the, you get the I, most out of it. I don't know if it needs to be crazy than Flight Simulator. I think you've already covered <laughs> that. What I'm going to, I'm uh, just going to be the guy that's sitting there looking at frames per second as I'm like killing zombies or something. But I'll hopefully have some video of that. And you guys can see how bad I am at that. <laughs> ah, well, that said, uh, we covered everything that we wanted to get to. And as always, we thank you guys for watching us. Yeah, you can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter, where people find you. Abacjourn. Yeah, and uh, for any other like news about giveaways, which we haven't done in a while, see if I can talk to some of our partners to see if we can get you guys some stuff. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, uh, for any of our latest uh, news, any late-breaking news, any opinion pieces, stuff like that, you can find us on Twitter and on Microsoft. Uh, we also have a Pinterest page for uh, those who are dedicated to gaming. Uh, we also have an Instagram, which I'm trying to fill up with content. So if you guys have any suggestions, please let me know because I'm not a social media manager. Uh, <laughs> and I think that should be it. I think that's where all the places you can find. Oh, and our website on Microsoft.com for everything. That's our hub. So please visit it. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching and see you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see each other in person soon. All right, everyone. Bye-bye.